0: Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter. I'm recording this episode a little bit early because I'm going to be out of town this weekend when I'd normally be recording. We have a family vacation we're taking for a few days, which is really just going on college visits with my daughter. I come back for a day, and then I'm out of town again on business. So the reality is I'm actually going to be out of town for the better part of the next 10 days or so. That means this might be the last podcast I post until the end of April or very early May. I do want you, though, to keep commenting. I should be able to check my show blog periodically while I'm gone, and I'd really love to keep the conversation going. Sometimes it helps me uh, get through these business trips if I have a little bit of quilty going on on the side. I don't have many comments on the last episode yet since I just posted it recently, but I did want to share one. Gretchen suggested putting binding on the quilt sandwiches I'm using in order to practice my machine quilting. The binding would give me the chance to practice that technique that I did so well at the first time of doing binding entirely by machine. And that's a great idea, Gretchen. Plus... I was thinking there's a bonus to it. I could get rid of some more of that. What was I thinking fabric that way, turning it into binding. I can feel like I'm using it, but I don't have to use it actually in a quilt that I'd ever look at again. I want to give a shout out to a quilt store that I just experienced for the first time this last week. The store is named In the Niche or In the Niche, depending on how you pronounce that. Um, I visited it online. It has an online presence and that is com and you spell niche or niche, N-I-C-H-E. And they have excellent customer service. I was doing some online shopping, that's actually how I do most of my shopping these days, and I was looking for a particular fabric line, and they had it, they came up in this set of links that I was looking through, and because they had a particular element of the fabric line in a variety of colors, I realized after doing that last episode on my stash, this particular fabric makes a great stash fabric, so I ordered a boatload of it in a variety of colors. And after I placed my order, I got the um, the usual email confirmation of the order. But then about an hour later, I got an actual real-life phone call from a real human being. And that, like, almost never happened. So I was really excited about it. She was calling to double-check to make sure I understood that they sold their fabric in half-yard increments. And I had only ordered a half-yard of each, which was exactly what I wanted. I knew that that was what I was ordering, so it wasn't a problem for me. But I was so impressed that they actually took the time to make a phone call and confirm that I knew what I was going to get. Um, So I let them know. I'm going to give them a shout out. It was uh, just a wonderful experience. Again, that's In the Niche or In the Niche, www.inthenicheorintheniche.com. And I will have that link on my show blog under the tab that says Quilt Stores I've Visited. I'm now starting an, an online one. So do check that store out. Another thing, I'm very excited. I have now bought my airline tickets for Houston. I'm up here doing a happy dance, which means this is a good thing. This isn't a vidcast, so you're not witnessing that. I'm very excited because I'm going to the International Quilt Festival in Houston again this year uh, with my BFF BQF Kate and actually a group of women who were my mom's BQFs, BFFs, um, for many, many years. They are a group of quilters who used to run a quilt conference themselves. That's how they became good friends. I went to Houston with my mom back maybe somewhere between 2004 2006 with the same group of women and had a wonderful time that was actually the only quilt conference mom and I did ever go to together i am very much looking forward to going again this year this group of women has very graciously sort of adopted me now that my mom is gone and i'm really looking forward to going it's a wonderful experience if any of you out there are also going maybe we can figure out a time we can meet up for coffee or do a you know quilting for the rest of us coffee clatch or something while we're there i have added a new page to my show blog and it's entitled you know you're a quilter when dot 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 so please visit that page and fill in the blank leave your own responses to that statement you know you're a quilter when and entertain all of us finally i want to invite you to join my big tent group There is a group on Big Tent called QuiltCast Supergroup. It's a collective of a whole bunch of us quilting podcasters, and each podcast has its own subgroup. So the quilting for the rest of us is a subgroup of the QuiltCast Supergroup. There's a sign-in link right on my show blog which you can find at http colon slashy slashy quilter.podbean.com. Remember, it's a two-step process. First, you join the QuiltCast supergroup, and then once you're in that, then you can join the subgroup for quilting for the rest of us. And there's a number of other podcast subgroups there that you may also want to join. They're all wonderful. And I want to let you know that I have the cutest little charm pack here that I'm going to give away to a lucky someone who is a member of our Quilting for the Rest of Us subgroup on Big Tent by May 15th. So join the group and enter your name into the the chance to win that charm pack. Now, Pod Quilters, on to the content for Episode 5 in which we get organized. Okay, fess up. How many times... Have you gone searching for something in your quilt room and you can't find it, and so you go out and you buy another one, thinking, oh, I must have lost it somewhere along the way, and of course, as soon as you bring it home, there it is, and now you've got two. I've never had that happen myself. Actually, I have to laugh because I was sort of making fun of my mother as we were cleaning out her quilt studio after she passed away. I found something like 11 seam rippers, I think, altogether. And then, of course, I came home and not two weeks later realized I had duplicates of a couple of rulers and duplicates of a couple of um, quilt books. So, you know, I, I really can't speak to that particular issue. However, that being said, I have, over the last few years, really made great strides in my own organizational system, and so I thought I'd share just a couple of things that I have learned with you, and maybe you'll find some inspiration there as well. Again, it really does help to be organized. First of all, you don't waste money. You don't buy duplicates you don't need. You also will work faster and smarter. If you're like me, you've got maybe 10 minutes a day (laughs) on most days to spend at your favorite hobby, at your favorite art, at your favorite craft, however you look at quilting. And you don't want to spend that 10 minutes just digging down to your sewing machine or trying to find your rotary cutter or trying to remember where the heck you were on the project that you were working on. So it really does help to keep yourself organized so that you can make the best of every 10 minutes that you have. And for me personally, I'm just one of those people that I get kind of antsy if I'm living in too much clutter for too long. I do have a certain level of tolerance for clutter. You'd know that if you could see my house. But for the most part, when it comes to my work space, and that's both my home office and my sewing room, I just feel much more at peace, more relaxed if everything's where it's supposed to be and I can easily lay my hands on things. So there's a couple of things I've done that have really helped me do that. And the first is that I actually ended up, um, when I increased my stash with my mother's fabrics, like I talked about on the last episode, I went from having a couple of very narrow freestanding shelves that I kept all my fabric on to actually installing a closet organizing system or a closet shelving system directly on the wall in my sewing room. Um, I believe it's a Rubbermaid system. It's one of those track systems where you have the horizontal track across the top and you hang all the vertical poles from that, bolt them to the wall, put the shelves on there. You can kind of choose how your shelves are arranged and then there's modular components. I used a whole lot more screws than I think they really intended me to use on this because I don't want this puppy to ever fall off the wall. I've actually had bookshelves fall off walls on me before. Not a fun experience so I'm trying to avoid that ever happening again. On the modular system that I used, there were options of doing some drawers and some other components. And so I spent a lot of time researching and really kind of looking through my stash and figuring out what I needed to store and how I most wanted to store it. And I've ended up with a shelving system that just works beautifully for me. The main thing I think that I like best about this, not only the shelving that does give me enough room for my fabrics, uh, but I did use two pull-out drawers. They're fairly sizable drawers, they're cloth sided so they they don't have things that catch the fabric as I'm pulling it in and out. One is big enough to hold all my fat quarters that used to live in three separate bins, so I was always trying to figure out which bin the fat quarter I wanted was in. Now they're all laid out stacked in there so that I'm just looking at the, the end of them sort of like a file folder system. And it's very easy now. I can just go through and and thumb through with my fat quarters and pull out the one I want. The second drawer I use for all the other kinds of smaller things, my jelly rolls, um, five inch charm packs the the 10 inch uh, what are they layer cake uh, things some loose strips you know two and a half inch strips that I've done through strip exchanges etc and that's in that second drawer the other couple of components I have used on mine is the hanging rod the one that is supposed to go where you would hang clothes from on hangers I actually attach that to the very bottom of my shelves and it it sits about maybe two feet off the floor and I use that I fold my um, pieced tops I will fold them and then drape them over that rod, so it keeps them from getting quite as wrinkly and they're still out of the way and neat, and they're not quite in such bad shape when I pull them out to actually finish them you know and press them out. The other piece that I have is I used the tie rack uh it's a pull out tie rack. And it has prongs down each side of it where you're supposed to hang your ties. They're not quite two and a half inches wide. They're probably about two inches wide, but I do use those for sorting strips. And my strips are primarily two and a half inches because I use a lot of jelly rolls. And it's a good place. I pull it out. I can sort lights from darks or colors or whatever, however I need to sort them. I use that tie rack to sort them. And then when I'm done with them and I've got everything sorted or I'm done with that particular project, I just push it back against the wall and it's out of the way. So those are are a couple things for you to look at if you have uh, the space for your sewing room that you're able to actually do something with shelving or whatever, consider using a closet organizing system. They're really very, very convenient and offer you a lot of opportunities. Most of them now have a lot of modular components to them, so you can choose exactly what you need for your quilt studio. The other little organizational thing that I use all over the place. My family kind of laughs at me because I use these things. Um, My mom used to do this with Velcro strips. I do it with 3M strips. You may have seen these in the stores. They're the, the adhesive strips that you pull straight down and they pop off the wall so they're easy to use. I've only once had one actually pull the paint off the wall and that was because I pulled the strip out at an angle rather than straight down. I have used these things for years. I've used them in all sorts of settings and all over the place. I've never had a problem with them. I use the strips with a hook on my wall behind my cutting table to hang all my rulers. A lot of people use pegboards for this. My mom had a huge pegboard in her quilt studio. This room that I have is my sewing room is the bonus room over my garage. It's, it's long, kind of narrow, but it's a good-sized room, and so there's always the possibility it may eventually become an in-law bedroom or something like that. So I, I hesitate to do too much permanently on the walls in here that I'd have to decorate around later. The closet shelving, that's one thing because you can always use more shelves, but a pegboard would be kind of hard to make really pretty if somebody was actually living in here full time. So instead, I attach these hooks to the wall with the 3M strips and hang my rulers on them. And the other good thing about that is that means if I buy different rulers or if I decide I need to move them around, it's very easy to do. You just pop them off the wall, move them around, get some more strips, stick them back on the wall. You're good to go. I also use those 3M strips to attach my thread rack to the wall. I try to keep my cutting table surface as free as possible. If you were sitting in my sewing room right now, you would laugh when you saw that, because at the moment it's gotten a little cluttered because I'm in between projects, but I'm going to take care of that this evening. But that being said, I have one of those wooden thread holders with the, you know, those spokes that come out of it, and rather than sitting it on my cutting table, I just stuck it on the wall with some of those 3M strips, and that has been very helpful too. The other thing I've stuck to the wall with 3M strips, at least in this room, there's things stuck to the wall with 3M strips all over my house, but um, right next to my sewing machine, I also have a clear plastic file holder that I put on the wall with 3M strips, and I keep my sewing machine manual lives in there, Um, patterns I'm working on currently, a notebook for you know playing around with machine quilting patterns, a tracing pad. Um, So those are all in that one clear plastic file holder. Again, looking at it right now, a little messy. Probably need to clean that out tonight, too. I'm kind of making myself a to-do list here as I go along. Um, so those are just a few fast ideas for you on organizing. Probably the biggest one, though, that I would really recommend is labeling everything and get a label maker. Okay, so I might be a little, um, oh, there's a less crude term for it than the one that first comes to mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little compulsive, I guess, about things looking neat and orderly. Again, don't look at the rest of my house. Listen to what I say, not what I do. But I'm one of those people that I can label a bunch of stuff, but if the labels are all haphazard and done in different colored pens and some are masking tape and some are just written on the side of the bin or whatever, it still looks just as cluttered to me. I need sort of that visual consistency to it for me to think it really looks neat. So what I've done is a couple of years ago I bought a label maker and I label all of my bins... Uh, with exactly what's in each bin. I have labeled the drawers in my sewing cabinet so I can glance at um, the drawer and see exactly what's in there. I have labeled even my fabric. I use the label maker to create labels for my fabric to say exactly what the yardage is of each fold. I use the method of folding that you use your uh, 6 by 24 inch ruler. If you haven't seen that, maybe I'll do another episode on it at some other time, although it would be easier if that was a video episode. And frankly, you can look those up on the internet, so just look up folding, ruler, quilt, you know, some combination of those terms and you'll probably find it. Uh, But I have folded all my fabric using that method, and so at a glance I can kind of tell about how much yardage there is just by how thick that fold is. But I do label each one too, just to make sure. So I'll say one yard, three quarters yard, etc., and those labels don't do anything to the fabric. They peel right off. The adhesive doesn't stick to it. There's there's no lasting effect of it. The only problem is periodically, if I have to pull a piece of fabric off from the middle or the bottom of a stack, uh, the label comes off because they don't adhere to the fabric really carefully. But for the most part, they stay on there. So that's also a very helpful thing. So I'd encourage you to get a label maker. They're helpful. They make everything much faster to find easier to use and visually much more consistent and less cluttered looking as well. So in my tessellation blog archives somewhere you will find pictures of what my quilt studio looked before and after I got the shelf system I took some photos um, for a friend of mine actually who was reading my blog at the time of the process of me putting my mother's fabric stash in with mine and it does have pictures of the shelving system I believe in there and of course you can also see it on the photo that i posted for the last episode on the stash i think in the tessellation blog that would be somewhere in the archives around may or june of 2009 that's about when i was working on integrating my mom's stash so that's probably about where that uh, blog entry would be so pod quilters no matter how clean and organized you are by nature I can guarantee you that there's probably some small little corner of your life or your house that's your own dirty little disorganized secret. And as I've hinted at personally, I've got several of those. So hopefully this episode will inspire you to tackle a drawer or a closet or a table surface sometime in the next week. If you've got great organizational tips or tools of your own, please let us know. But you can post photos in the Big Tent group for this podcast if you join that Big Tent group. Again, that's the quilting for the rest of us subgroup to the quiltcast supergroup. And I am personally a sucker for new organizational ideas, so please do share them either by posting comments in the blog, the show blog for this podcast at http://quilter.podbean.com slashy, slashy, or again in the Big Tent supergroup. And until the next episode, go forth and quilt. Quilting for the rest of us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom.